The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is eight minutes, almost nine minutes after 10 a.m. this morning. You're listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for staying with us. Really is an honor and a pleasure being in your company. In this hour, we're going to be talking about uh, the data released by SA yesterday. You would have remembered that I read it on the markets yesterday at half past 10 around the increase in consumer price inflation. Uh, or the Consumer Price Index, which we speak about of as inflation. It has increased from 6.927%. It doesn't seem like a significant increase, right? But if you comb through the data and you go category by category, line item by line item, you'll realize that certain categories of consumer goods um, suffered from more Consumer Price Index uh, elasticity, inflation elasticity. That means... It increased beyond uh, the nine, uh, the the zero point one percent, and some may have recovered, gained some ground on elasticity. That is to say, became relatively, in real value terms, cheaper than it was the month before. And this is a month-on-month um, uh, tracking of consumer price index data by the uh, m- many institutions in South Africa, the Reserve Bank being one of them, and as well as that South Africa. What does this mean for the cost of living? It doesn't seem to be trickling downwards. The Reserve Bank will soon be the monetary policy the monetary policy committee of the Reserve Bank. The MPC will soon be releasing uh, their, uh, their outcome on the repo rate. We were all hoping that by now it would be trickling downwards. But the Reserve Bank is still trying to um, get inflation targeted within the 3 to 6% range, which they say is a healthy range. We're not yet back in that range. That means the repo rate might effectively go up once again. That too will have an impact on the cost of repayment of uh, loans and debts that we have. Your bond, your car loan, whatever the case may be, will become more expensive. It really squeezes consumers thin, incredibly thin. To have this conversation with me, I'm joined by Zbunyati from Isakombe Assets, as well as um, the host of Ubuntu Nomics podcast. And I'm also joined by Gerald Mwandiambira, who's the CEO of the South African Savings Institute. Zbu, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. Gerald, let's start here. Uh, inflation not trickling down by now is is worrisome because it continues to th- squeeze a uh, um, consumers thin, like I said, but it's only one point zero point one percent. Is it is it worrisome to the degree of, you know, uh, holding our breath? To all your listeners, and thank you for for inviting me. I think, look, one thing you need to realize is that when you look at the repo rate, for example, um, which probably today they might announce um, another twenty five basis point interest rate hike. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's what's called a leading indicator. So the, re- the repo rate is a leading indicator in that it it tries to create an effect. It's a cause which creates an effect which they are hoping will be a slowdown in inflation. Um, the inflation rate or the consumer price index is a la- is a lagging indicator, which means it's, it's always after the fact. It's Normally when you look at the CPI index, it's probably talking of numbers three months ago. It's not talking about what's happening today. Um, so I think we, we probably are reaching that point where um, the 
the repo rates might be starting to top off, probably one or two more hikes. And then the leading indicator will start having that effect on the lagging indicator, which is the CPI. Um, which will start to slow down. And already you're seeing um, a slowdown in momentum um, of the CPI rate. As you said, it's gone up by 0.1% um, month on month. So that's the whole point of the repo yeah. rate going up. It's supposed to slow down inflation. So we're seeing a slowing down. So probably I think in the next quarter, next six months, we should start seeing a settling down of inflation. But the reality is um, the real in real life, in South Africa, it's, it's more than 6.9% yeah, yeah. inflation across the board. Yeah, maybe let's then look at that. Where Where is inflation most, Where which consumer goods are most vulnerable by inflation? Or most vulnerable anything to, that, to inflation? Anything that has an imported component, um, as well as anything that relies on energy or transport, um, simply because of the fuel prices and uh, our energy shortage, um, those are very vulnerable in terms of um, being very price elastic. Yeah. Um, I like the term used to 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 the to what's going on in the in the economic environment. Yeah, and <laughs> South Africa is what they describe us as a what a, a net importer. Um, so that means most of what we use and consume, we seem to be importing. Correct. Yes, um, unfortunately, we are a nation driven by consumption and not production. And we need to try and switch that um, in terms of our economic fundamentals to becoming more producers as opposed to consumers. Yeah. Zbou, how, how do we turn that around? Because, I mean, or at least firstly, how do we defend or uh, insulate our economy from the volatility of international factors beyond our control, given that we import well, thank you for starters for inviting me um, um, yeah, to get your question. Basically, South Africa has to um, think more in terms of um, capacitating the economy in terms of uh, pro its pro productive sectors. Basically, what we need to do is to uh, go back uh, um, to what worked uh, during the apartheid era, um, whereby you had all of these, uh, in, in, for starters, you had uh, uh, sanctions imposed on South Africa. But South Africa managed to, uh, the apartheid system managed to carry on for um, for about 30 years without feeling anything, without feeling the pinch, because we produced our own uh, food, we produced consumer goods, we yeah. produced... Uh, um, we were manufacturers basically. Mm. So um, if we need, if we want to insulate ourselves, we have to change this uh, the current uh, dynamic whereby you have um, the finance sector uh, sitting at twenty four percent of the economy. Uh, so uh, and manufacturing and things like mining, um, these industries that employ the people have. Uh, gone down. I mean, mining uh, has been going down since um, 1987. Um, so, so, uh, so is uh, construction yeah. and manufacturing, as I said. So, so in in order to to to, to insulate yourself, you have to produce more of the goods and services consumed in in, in that particular economy, uh, because we are uh, at distant destination. I mean, South Africa is far down. Uh, uh, we are not close to the, to, to, to the European markets or all the markets. 
in the global north, and so uh, and we also import a lot of fuels. So, so, so the only reason why we would need foreign uh, currency, uh, which is our Achilles, uh, is for buying those items that mm, we import. Mm. And so, and so, if if South Africa manufactured its own uh, consumer goods, then uh, we would employ more people. Uh, we would be self-sufficient. Uh, that's my answer. Yeah. Are we not? And I mean, I'm asking here a seemingly trite question because many uh, economists have argued it. But perhaps it's important to restate the obvious. Are we not, as an, as an economy, structurally set up to be able to become a producer? Of most of the goods that we consume and use, yeah, no, uh, we are not structurally. Uh, structurally, uh, South Africa is not even uh, getting enough investment in uh, because um, we depend mainly on imports from from the east, as mm. most of, of Africa is, and and South Africa used to export to half. The continent. We used to be a major player. In, in, in fact, uh, throughout SADAC, we were the number one uh, uh, exporter into mm. those into the into the region, and and we're falling down. Um, only um, places like Zimbabwe and Sutu, Botswana, and Namibia are uh, still import um, more South African goods, um, and so, and so um, we we really uh, the, the, the economy is structured. Uh, in a very, mm. I mean, I mean uh, that's why most people who always say you're liberal, will cry in your liberal, it's a neoliberal economy, it's a neoconservative economy, because uh, we don't uh, seek to uh, achieve full employment of our people, the full employment of all resources in South Africa. So, so we, we talk about... Um, Things like uh, beneficiating, we talk about uh, a better trade, better trading conditions within mm. Africa and South Africa, but we're doing nothing of the sort because our macroeconomic fundamentals are actually wrong. Uh, basically, what I mean is that um, in South Africa there is no effective demand. I mean, what what I mean by that is that uh, we do what well, there, there is a disequilibrium equilibrium between uh, uh, supply and demand because we don't have enough spending power. Most of our people, 60% of our people, uh, are either poor or struggling, a struggling working class. So we can't even consume the goods that are in the country. And so that kills. Uh, investment into the country. Mm, mm. Yeah. Give us a call, 086-000-2032 if you want to be a part of this conversation. So many other more elements that I want us to unpack in this because it really, really is a layered conversation um, and our economy is a complex machine that needs to be, I guess, uh, slowed down in terms of how we understand it to be able to make sense of it. Give us that call, 86 2032 I'm also taking your voice notes on 614 one zero four one zero seven. Let's take a quick break. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. We're having a conversation with about uh, our inflation CPI uh, having gone up by point one percent to seven point seven percent month on month, um, with a monetary policy outcome soon to be announced. That I. Think 
that I really, really, really hope stay stable because, yeah, it will squeeze consumers even more thin. Gerald, I want to go back to that issue, actually. Does inflation targeting actually truly work? I know we do it, but historically, has it worked? And does it work anywhere else in the world where it is a practice of uh, monetary policy? It's not a practice of monetary policy everywhere in the world, but some countries do do it. Look, um, I think in South Africa it has very limited impact. I think it's because of the simple point that my colleague is pointing out, that a lot of the economy or a lot of the goings-on in the South African economy are beyond our control. It's all imported. Um, it's all a result of commodity prices um, or the financial services sector, which is driven globally. So, you know, inflation targeting worked probably when we were very much a primary economy depending on agriculture and mining. The more you go into um, uh, services and tertiary-based economy where you're net importers, um, you can't control it. It's, 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 you, you, you're not, the economy is not in your hands. And, you know, we need to have that shift to, um, to become owners of our own destiny again. But uh, to a large extent, you know, the Reserve Bank can hike repo rates as much as they want. All they're trying to do is, uh, it, it, all it has is the unintended consequence of actually killing the consumer in terms of you get a slowdown in consumer activity, which is less spending, which actually slows down the little economy that is home-based. Um, you know, we really need to shift back into being a production-driven economy. And at one point, we had it right in terms of South Africa, um, looking at, at Africa as a market and considering that as our destination. Um, but somewhere along the line, we decided we want to export to Europe and the rest of the world. And, you know, we, we can't really compete on, the, on that scale. And as you, in answer to your question, does inflation targeting work? In my opinion, no, because we are, yeah. we are the, too many components of our economy are not in our control. Um, so then perhaps let's ask this. What other tools, whether monetary or otherwise, or fiscal, uh, uh, fiscal economic tools, are at the disposal of the state that can help cushion consumers from the effect and impact of inflation? And I want to make reference to a caller I had earlier on the show, Sally, who, who spoke about, he conflated the issues, but his point was still valid. He spoke about uh, price regulation versus uh, subsidization. Now, government regulates the price or determines the ultimate price we pay for many things in many different ways. And I'm talking about all spheres of government, local, provincial and national. At a local level, uh, cities determine the price that consumers pay on a bus, for instance. At a provincial level, uh, they may determine what consumers pay for trains. Um, they determine what we pay for water. They determine what we pay for electricity. And these are all essential consumer goods. Is government using the right economic tools to coordinate price regulation in ways that can protect us from the effect and impact of inflation? Gerald? I think, you know, with, with government right now, we have a scenario Ooh, a situation I'm gonna, where... I'm just going to pause you there, Gerald. It seems like you may have connected okay. to a Bluetooth device uh, and that has changed the quality of your audio. So I'm going to ask you to just disconnect from that. While you do that, well, I want you to reflect on that same question for me. Are we doing enough as the state collectively across all spheres of government and all arms of state to protect consumers enough from the effect and impact of inflation? Yeah, well, um, basically... Uh in the South African context, uh, context, you will see that uh, most of the uh, 
of, of this inflation is, like we said, is imported. And um, on a macroeconomic, uh, 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 when you look at the macroeconomic view, you will notice that uh, the SARB, the South African Reserve Bank, uh, concentrates more on its uh, differentials, on its interest yeah. rates differentials, um, meaning they want to uh, uh, boost foreign reserves uh, like dollars at the expense of the consumer. So, uh, and so what they usually do is hike up uh, the interest rates, uh, interest rates uh, uh, um, every time the U.S. Fed uh, increases their interest rate. They want to have that uh, uh, differential so that they can make more uh, uh, more in terms of foreign currency. So, so, so um, again, that, that's on the uh, monetary side. Um, because um, the, the, the interest rates will determine uh, all your costs in, in the economy. It, it will dry, dry up investments. It will, uh, it, 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 it will, because that's what uh, uh, inflation targeting is all about: drying up investment. So, so, uh, and so on, on the on 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 the government side, uh, we still have townships that are forty kilometers away. From the city centers, mm. we still have got a dysfunctional uh, railway system. We still have all these infrastructural backlogs, and the 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 the, the government, national treasury, and um, has kept on saying we will fix this, we will fix that, and so and so. Uh, inflation hits those people who are in the periphery the most, and so we will. It hikes up our transportation. It hikes up our food. It hikes up all all the costs, and so and so and so we need a, a, a total system, uh, a revised system approach. Uh, we need to have a look at, in fact, do what we said we were supposed to do: densify yeah. uh, the inner cities, uh, have a better uh, railway network. Uh, those things. I'm not even talking about. Uh, other macro uh, finance, uh, macroeconomic fundamentals mm. that we are that we are uh, uh, we are copying from the EU, uh, which which uh, constrict the economy. So, and, and, and so, and so the more you produce locally, the, the, the lower the cost. Mm. The closer your people are to their work, places of work, and closer the, the closer they are to to. Perhaps then we should explore what it is that individuals and households can do in the interim within the resources that they have to be able to insulate themselves from the uh, impact and effect of um, inflation and I guess concomitantly uh, that of the repo rate. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. We're taking your voice notes on 614 uh, It's half past 10. On the other side of that, we'll take your calls. It's Anne Musa with the headlines. Uh, good morning. The issue is uh, with uh, the Reserve Bank. The fact that the Reserve Bank is in the hands of the private sector instead of the South Africans would mean that whatever they do, all the policies that they pass is uh, uh, aligned with what they would need to achieve, which is profit and making money. So until such time that Reserve Bank, 
then goes back into the hands of the people of South Africa. Then the economy would work for everyone and the inflation would be properly um, targeted and dealt with. So it's about time that the Reserve Bank goes back to the hands of the people. Good morning, SFM, and to listeners and to the honorable guests. It's Alvin Gamla from Durban. Oliver, with regard to the CPI uh, increase, I'd just like to suggest, man, our major food companies like our bread and maize meal and canned foods, they do demand forecasting where they put away an X amount every financial year for if any disasters happen. Now, with the CPI price increase, can these large food companies not increase the price? and use this disasters funds that they put away to equate to the CPI prices and not burden the consumers. Just my suggestion, thank you. Good morning, Oliver. I hear you speaking about all these big terms, uh, the repo rate, the Reserve Bank and the Monetary Policy Committee, and all these things. But just think about us poor people living on the street, buying bread every day, can't afford a bread, don't they have a job? Yo, bruh, three children. Yo, yo, yo. What do a poor man in South Africa do today with all these rising costs and going out to look for a job? Taxi fare, yo. Mm. I wish I could just disappear out of South Africa because no one is making it better. There's nothing for Mahala in South Africa. Mm. Thanks, mm. you. Great show, bruh. Mm, mm. It really is, Gerald. Households that are pinched most thinly when it comes to the cost of living, really. Um, again, the question is, is there anything households could potentially do to... I, they can't completely insulate themselves against it, but anything households can do to weather the storm? ...for consumers. Um, and one of the options we can do as consumers is simply to buy in bulk, which means that you're almost paying forward for the for the goods you frequently buy. Um, but unfortunately, for example, you know, with load shedding, you can't really buy in bulk meat, which is one of those consumer items which has gone up the most in terms of um, inflation. So it's it's really difficult. Um, well, the only way you can protect yourself is by buying in bulk and perhaps um, increasing your savings if there is such a thing still existing for the consumer. Um, but at the moment, the consumer is very much at the mercy of the fundamentals which um, we're mm. discussing. Yeah. Buying in bulk, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a standard old practice that that's, we've, we've grown up seeing our parents do, right? But that really only is possible insofar as you have the disposable funds so to speak to be able to do that right um uh, or unless of course you belong to some sort of uh stock file that can leverage its collective action uh and and and, and buying power to be able to negotiate for good prices for stock file members um does that seem to in contemporary economic terms does it seem to still be working are our retail uh giants responding to the economic climate currently look i think the retail giants are under pressure i mean they're having to foot the diesel bill when there's load mm -hmm. shedding so mm -hmm. 
as much as the retailers would like to pass on savings to the consumer, their costs are increasing on a daily basis because of things like fuel. And if they have to install uh, solar systems, that's also a capital expense on their part. Um, before, I go, before I had bad quality, you asked what can we do to mitigate against a high inflationary environment? And well, the main thing is employment. <laughs> full employment mm. the higher the employed proportion of the country the the less vulnerable we are to inflationary pressure the more unemployment goes up the more inflation also tends to be under pressure and the tax base also determines um how how much we can resist inflation and right now we have a dwindling ta tax base um you've got uh, skills um our living leaving the country and all these things are not working in 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 the favor of the consumer we really need to focus on ways of increasing employment on ways in which we can actually um stimulate the economy so that we 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 are closer as my colleague said to to our goods than we are right now right now there's too much of a distance um most of our goods even the things you think are coming from south africa sometimes you're eating potatoes or even eggs and chicken and you don't realize it's actually come all the way from brazil to your table mm, mm, absolutely it Sbu, I want to circle maybe that to you as well. Households, is there anything that you can imagine that they could possibly be doing? No, I'll say like the president said once, uh, his hands are tied. Uh, the consumers' uh, hands are tied. Uh, because basically what happens is that firms produce what they expect to sell uh, at a profit. No, uh, and and as, as my colleague Gerald has said, uh, that we need to uh, create employment, mm. and 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 firms are not in the business of creating employment. Now, what they do, the, so so we depend on 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 the benevolence of of of, of government, uh, because because it's it's the government that 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 uh, drafts um, uh, regulations and and crafts policy, and and the they, they, they budget mm. for the entire country, and so and so um, the country um, has said has got uh, South Africa has got an investment plan, and that investment plan includes blooding uh, 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 in uh, a lot or, or mm. what they call blended finance, uh, which means uh, basically that firms, private firms, will come into must come into play when uh, our our. Our, our focus is on the supply side of the economy, um, whereas I think we should be looking at both uh, uh, at both the supply side and and the demand side uh, of the economy. And so and so, if you can't have uh, if you don't have a consumer that can afford the goods that are, are, are sold in that economy, then 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 you you are in a vicious cycle. Mm. Because as, as my as my colleague has said um, just now again, uh, we only have 3.4 million taxpayers in South Africa, and uh, of that, the bulk of that come uh, of, of of our tax revenue comes from uh, 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 those people who earn more than 500,000, and there's only 18% of them, and 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 they make up. 52% of taxable income. And, and so uh, we find that this economy uh, uh, cannot move. In fact, what we're doing, we're increasing our social standing. And in, in doing that, 
uh, I, I'm, I'm not against uh, increasing social spending, but I would rather have uh, uh, an economy that increases its productivity so that it can employ more people. And, and when you employ more people, that results in an ex- in a, in a, in a, in a, in a multiplier effect whereby your economy will grow at some at, at, at around two percent or or ten percent. Um, so so mm-hmm. so basically, what I'm trying to say is that we have uh, a, a, a growth which is forecast to be zero point eight percent for the for 2023. Whereas uh, the the the, the, the the, the, the population growth is at one point two percent, and that's worrisome, right? Because if our population is growing faster than our actual real-term economic growth, it means our economy is, in real terms, over the last decade, been in a rece- recession, technically speaking, uh, although not how they define it in, in 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 economic terms, right? But our population has outgrown our economy over the last decade. That's worrying. Give us a call: zero eight six triple zero. Bulk buying, does that work for you as a household? Have you tried it? Um, Definitely don't bulk buy meat. (laughs) It will go off in your fridge because of load shedding. But what are tools as a household that you're using that's working for you? I'd love to hear from you about how you're planning to weather the storm. On the other side of this. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. We are call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Let's have a listen to some of your WhatsApp voice notes. Good morning, Oliver. You know, in the old days when I did economics, interest rates were used as the tool to regulate the amount of money that was in supply. So if there was yeah. a lot of spending or overdraft facilities and everything like that, there was too much money, so they increased interest rates. So if you look at the situation now. Our exchange rate has gone to pot. Our government is incompetent because they can't create jobs. ESCOM's pushing up 18%. It's double inflation. And all of the things, so they're now pushing up interest, penalizing the consumer when the consumer is actually not responsible for any mm. of the situation. So, you know what? It's, it's like back to front I actually have words to use, but I won't use. You know, these guys need to become creative and start pulling finger out of butt and doing their jobs. Hello, this is Andrew. Um, It seems like every single week, literally, prices are going up in the shops and the consumers are doing nothing about it. And we heard earlier this morning on Stephen Crute's show how Tiger Brands made massive profits. And I understand companies need to make profits, but there also needs to be some way of regulating things because I don't know how people survive. I mean, I'm in the middle class and I don't know how poor people survive with the price going up every week. 22 Rand, between 14 and 22 Rand for a loaf of bread. Something needs to be done, otherwise there will be chaos in our country. Absolutely. Let's go to the lines. Ninja in Durban. Ninja, good morning. Oh, good morning, all of us, uh, and to all those listeners. I, I want to praise all you presenters. Presenters, you did a great job. The way you debate, I wish Mr. Malema would debate like this in Parliament. The man can't debate in Parliament. That's by the way. I want to talk about the government policies uh, since they came into power. And the problem with South Africa, now they don't have 
any control over anything, all the elements, components, parts, you like, uh, look at it, the state of dilapidation of people are talk, talking about poverty. People are struggling. Now, the interest rate, the last thing got me the point. Oh, Ninja, the, can I just ask that you hold still and maybe just repeat that line? Your line was just choppy there. How's that? Much better. Can you just repeat that last sentence from the interest rate? Uh, yeah, the last time made uh, the point, but the only reason why the Reserve puts this interest rate up is if you look at what the President said, said during the conference after that, and right? Now you're telling what the ANC is done. What about all the problems, existing problems? Now they put the interest rate up to claw back money because they have, they've been handing out money willy nilly. This is why one of the reasons why it goes up to rebalance the economy. Now the government should subsidize like all the staple food, bread, milk, to a point, for, this, for all the people to survive who are struggling. Now, the point is this, government policy, since the change, they open the market wide. So mm. they decimated the clothing industry. China are supplying cheap goods to this country, and the money is going to them, not to the people of the country. And the government needs to get control of this. Now, uh, when I look at, I've uh, been away for a long time, I told you, when I look at uh, different areas of this country, all the industries have been decimated. Mm. Thriving industries. There's no more industries. There are no more production, nothing. And mm. the only way a, a country gets up the ladder is using its resources to produce the goods. I know South Africa is the biggest seller of food because I work in the airline industry and we used to buy South Africans, one example, Gideon, strawberries, we used to buy them for the tons because the airlines use it for first class, etc., mm, etc. Mm. Yeah. And all this has gone. Now, if you are going to destroy the farmers, that's what they said, kill the farmer. What are you killing the farmer for? Yeah. And Thank they you. have Nick, the sophistication yeah. Nick, we're gonna to have produce to pause the goods. Sorry, Ninja, we're going to have to pause it there. I need to go on to another call in Nick in Peter Maritzburg. Nick in Peter Maritzburg, good morning. Hi, good morning, Oliver. It's such an honor and privilege to talk to you. I, let me sing your praises first. <laughs> no I, need num- to, no need to. You can get straight no, no, to the I point. Have to, I have to, it's part of me. Numzan Oliver. Schlagampila Fundela. That's about the end of my Zulu. Now, I, I speak reasonably well Zulu. Oliver, you are, you guys are fantastic. Uh, you, you are a thinker. Uh, I just love your show and the way you go through things uh, and all the hard work you do. Now, I, I have a suggestion, please. It's the only thing that's going to uh, save our country. Mm, either mm. yourself, either yourself or Aldrin or Rina or Fifi Peters or the Catties for president and vice president. And then the rest of SIFM for Parliament. Really, I'm not joking. <laughs> well, I can't, I'm very serious. I can't speak for the others, but I can tell you, I'm certainly not nearly qualified uh, or oh, experienced yeah. enough to run a country. But uh, yes, I certainly can oh, handle no, a microphone, at least. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't put yourself down. You are more than experienced. I listen to you often, and you've got an incredible insight. All right. The 
uh, the situation that us as uh, citizens and especially the poor guys are is desperate. It's 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 mind-boggling bad, and it didn't have to be like mm. that. Um, the government is obviously there's a massive fraud and theft, but they also spend money in the wrong directions and. Uh, Politicians make very irresponsible Can I ask you very, because that's an interesting concept. We have about 30 seconds left. Can you tell me what you mean by they spend money on the wrong things? Um, they would, for example, um, get for uh, sake of, of publicity and probably political expedience, they would then spend a lot of money on um, on projects which are popular with people and statements that are popular with people. Things like, mm. are we going to take the land back? Now, uh, an investor overseas, these guys have got stacks of money. Oliver, people, you know, there's no investor that wants to sit on cash. It's, 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 they don't want to do that. They want to invest money and make returns on it. Now, irresponsible statements are one thing. That's, and then the, yeah. action, the, the action of government... I, I'm going to pause you there, Nick, because I want our, our panelists to respond to that concept of spending on the wrong thing. But let's take a quick break. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Morning, Oliver. Apologies if the sound sort of sanctimonious. Um, the only way I get through it is to grow a few vegetables. It's so easy to take a rotten tomato and the plants will sprout and there you have it. Spinach is easy. People need to start growing some vegetables. And secondly, I live near the uh, people's market in Cape Town. So um, I would buy a box of fruit, which is eight or 10 kilos and share it. I think we also need to not come across as helpless and look at what we can do ourselves. Thank you, Anonymous Cape Anonymous in Cape Town, thank you so much for that. I don't think it sounds sanctimonious at all. Uh, I think it would be easier if a lot of people could just grow stuff, right? Um, I live in an apartment in a complex. Unfortunately, I do not have a yard or a backyard space where I can grow stuff, but I certainly do have some herbs that I keep in my kitchen and grow myself. Uh, but yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Uh, Zbu, I want to take you back to Nick's point. Nick called in just before we went to that break. Nick argued that we spend money on the wrong things, and that's part of the problem. Is that true? On the wrong things, uh, if by that he means he's not spending money on the productive sectors of the yes. economy, then, then, then that is true. Um, and then I would add that um, well, we are not stimulating demand um, in the economy because you are stuck with the Maastricht Treaty uh, 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 restrictions of things like 3% of the of, of, of budget deficit. That's what we have allowed ourselves. And so, and so, um, as we're spending more money in, into social welfare, uh, that will uh, that has increased our our, our budget deficit to about six point five percent. I'm not adverse to that, but I would say it would be better if that money was properly spent mm. um, in, in investing in the economy, because our investment targets were supposed to be thirty percent. Or um, by 2030, and so we are sitting at something like 15 percent. So I would say um, investment is the driving variable that causes income, and so and so the more people, 
the more we have investment, the more we'll have savings, and the more we'll have savings, the more we will be able to 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 to, to invest in the economy. Mm-hmm. So, but, it, 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 but then I would also say uh, I don't sound I don't want to sound like I'm someone that is bashing the government, uh, but uh, because the government has done some 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 good things uh, like the uh, minimum wage right, that right. we have. You know, um, for for domestic workers, for instance, they are they are hourly pay went up from about from around about ten twelve rand to twenty five rand this year. So 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 that was twelve rand a few years ago. Yeah. It's twenty five this year. So so the bottom rung, the border uh, has seen an increase uh, in in their in in, in their incomes. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, but at the same time. The government has not done what they said set out to do. Uh, they yeah. said the, when 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 president came in, he said that he has a 400 billion rand stimulus into the economy, and then during COVID there was a 200 billion rand bank guarantee that that was set aside mm-hmm. uh, a bank guarantee scheme, and only 10 percent of that was used. So in a total of 600 billion, only 20 billion have been used, and so and and so. And so you find that uh, even the private sector that we rely so much on is sitting on a lot of money. So they, they actually have room to create savings for, for, for consumers. They, they already have savings. They could be investing in the, in the economy. But yeah. they will not invest in an economy uh, where in the government themselves are on an investment strike because the government have not in, is not investing in yeah. the economy themselves. That's why we have potholes. We have Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we have all of these infrastructural mm. backlogs. Um, yeah. and, 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 so, and so lastly, we have a skewed labor market in South Africa whereby the, uh, 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 the private sector is sitting on money and so they are uh, only concerned in, in capital in in, in intensive production, yeah. whereas our population is has got low skills, and we need a labour-intensive type of production. Absolutely. So, Just in the last yeah. thirty seconds that we have left, Gerald, I want to ask you this: household expenditure. Are we spending money on the wrong things also as household that we need to relook our own spending behaviours and budgets and maybe reconsider what we spend money on and how we spend that money? Guilty of spending money on things they didn't need. But I think the reality right now is most people are just struggling to survive. Um, The economy needs to create employment. And I think we need to perhaps ask the government to start thinking of protectionist measures for our economy. No one in the world can compete against China. And you've seen the US, the UK starting to protect their economies and certain sectors so that they can drive employment in their countries. We need to start looking at doing the same here. Because, you know, if we don't, we will continue to be consumers, but we need to dr- protect our economy and government needs to mandate and protect certain sectors so that we have to create employment locally and domestically. Otherwise, if we're simply looking at saying we'll compete with China, we can't. They simply have too many people, too much resources. And they, as the last point, the companies do have the money and companies won't invest in South Africa as long as the government doesn't give clear direction as to its policy. Absolutely. Gerald, thank you so much for your time. Spunyati, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Gerald Mwandiambira is the CEO of the South African Savings Institute. Spunyati is the uh, is with uh, Isakombe Assets and the co-host of Ubunomics, uh, Ubuntu Nomics podcast. It's a minute after 11.